0: Coming up on FRC Recap, first takes a stand on racism with a social media post. Off-season competitions may still be live in 2020. Annie Mark is doing some restructuring, and Adam Hurd from 254 joins us to talk, operating in the replay era. We'll give our community shout-out of the week and play Take From Fun Trivia, where the current prize is $50. All this coming up on FRC Recap. Giving you a voice. Making it loud our own way. Welcome Welcome to to the fun. fun. First Updates Now FRC is produced in partnership with The Blue Alliance. Keep up to date on all live and archived First Robotics events and team stats at TheBlueAlliance.com. And also, viewers like you. We need your help to keep fun loud, live, and independent. Help us by visiting our Patreon, the Pledge Your Support, at patreon.com forward slash FirstUpdatesNow. You can also support fun live on Twitch for a few bucks a month or by linking your Prime account for free and clicking subscribe. Welcome to the FRC Recap, where you get the breakdown and discussions on what's going on in the FRC community. For First Updates Now, I'm Tyler Olds.
1: And I'm Dave Powers. Our guest tonight needs little introduction from his work with Powerhouse Team 973 to his always comical Chief Delphi posts. He's been in the FRC game since 2004. Please help me in welcoming our guest from the tech capital of the world, (laughs) Adam Hurd. Thanks
0: for having me, guys. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, Adam, delighted to have you on. Lots of stuff to talk about the show. Let's jump in with our headlines. So last week, uh, first posted their social media platforms, a statement, and uh, specifically on Instagram, but a little bit more. You saw the black square image uh, on there with the following statement: "We stand against racism and hatred, and we stand together in sol—man, uh, sol- pronunciation—solidarity sol- with the black community and all those who are who are feeling hurt right now. We're pausing to make room." for other voices to be heard. Together, let's keep building a better future. Black Lives Matter. Uh, something to also note, too, First has po- postponed the FTC game teaser release in response to this posting as well. Uh, and First is still looking for a director of uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, after the departure, the departure of Sheila Henderson in April. You can find out more about this posting and more about First Stance at firstinspires.org.
1: Up next, we got stepbotics.io. For years, the mainstream go to for basic insights in FRC has always been the Blue Alliance, and now a new powerful tool has hit the web. Stepbotics.io just released their site and is monitor, monitor, monitorizing, I can't say that word, modernizing FRC data analytics. Currently, focus on ELO rate rankings. Um, Check it out now and see how the team compares to some of the best in the world. See the year-over-year improvements your team has made compared to the, compare your teams to, compare your team to your friends' teams for bragging rights and even predict the outcomes of match. With plans to add more content related to OPR event predictions and Zebra MotionWorks data, this site is sure to become a powerful FRC data tool and you should check it out now.
0: Adam, looks like you might have upgraded with the 254 based on this.
2: Yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: Uh, Versus 973 on here. Oh, gotcha.
2: Uh, So even though FIRST has stated that they will not support uh, off-season events officially, last week Team 1577 Steampunk from Israel dropped a huge announcement that they will be running three competitions to make up for the the missed events in Israel. The Golden Gears events will have two back-to-back events and also a grand finale that they are calling the Israeli Festival of Champions. So that stings a little bit. The event is only available (laughs) to teams in In Israel and is scheduled... uh, to run in early august
0: yeah one of the things we'll be talking about later is uh if we uh, might be seeing events anywhere else not just, just in the us which might not be a possibility but perhaps somewhere else little in little. the world uh some unfortunate news by the way annie mark has made a decision to downsize their workforce uh over the past weekend uh, we did reach out to annie mark and mary baker responded that approximately 18 percent of their workforce well, was too. reduced Uh, This included voluntary layoffs, choosing not to fill open positions, and also positions that, quote, we could shift responsibilities for the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, So lot's going on uh, with that. Mary does state that AniMark knows the next, quote, uh, 12 to 16 months won't be easy, but we are committed uh, to our staff and to our customers to make sure AniMark survives. We are looking at new markets and have received some ideas from our customers. Uh, If you're interested in uh, helping support Antimark, by the way, and and you know on Fun, we're really big on helping support the suppliers. Uh, As you go through, you can refer uh, your local law enforcement to Transcend Tactical, which is a stair climbing robot. You can start an FRC. Uh, or FTC team as anything you do to expand first will benefit suppliers Uh, and this is coming from Anymark what we can do for those things Uh, and you can look for more information on their Skitter Classroom Robot in the coming weeks. Um, You might hear we have some of that coming up soon some more information for you. Uh, I know that many of us by the way have friends on Anymark. I definitely do uh, for things so it's always uh, uh, something we don't want to see in the community uh, no matter what for that Uh, but a, you know, all we can do is wish Andy Mark the best. They're a company I think is going to be really resilient, and I can't wait to uh, you know see how they come out of this. And I I know it's going to be in the right way. So Andy Mark, uh, hopefully you're listening. Uh, good luck to you on that, and I, I really do hope things work out well for you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, moving right along now, we can talk a little bit about the new First Inspires website layout. So first, has a refreshing new look on their website, if you go to firstinspires.org, you'll see the new nav bar and the layout tailored to the first game changers theme for the next season. If you scroll down a bit, you may have noticed First Home Learning page where teams can participate uh, in the first at home activities, remote learning resources, and more. So if your board's stuck at home or have team members that are unable to check out Uh, make sure you check out these activities that can be done both as a team and at the individual level. And that is our headlines. All right, so moving right along into the main stories. Um, Adam, you kind of talked a little bit about the Israeli offseason competitions. Um, so now I think it's it would be good to just kind of have a conversation. Uh, do you think we will see other competitions happening outside of the United States as these countries are lifting uh, some of the restrictions? Do you think maybe we'll see something in China or something in Turkey?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking to a couple of buddies a couple of weeks ago and said, I think the first competitions we'll see are in Israel, so it you know feels good to be right there. Uh, but yeah, I think these these isolated communities in other countries are the first spots we're going to see off-season events, and and maybe even the only spots we get to see any off-season events at all.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think my hope is that uh, as a lot of these different countries and stuff, kind of the cases are uh, tapering off, and it's becoming safer and safer environment. I think that uh, it would be really cool to see kind of these communities come together. I know. Uh, that the uh, that competition stated that they're going to be putting together a wooden playing field for all of the teams to to um to play on. Obviously, his first has uh, decided not to support any of the offseason events and sending out the field. Um, but I think even with it just being those wooden playing fields, it's still going to be an awesome opportunity for all of the teams that didn't really get to play uh, play yet or haven't just even haven't gotten on a field to kind of Hang out, see the other teams. All of those teams—they're just—if you haven't gotten out and playing, you haven't gotten to see any of the robots in real life yet. So it could be a good opportunity for them, uh, with the risk
0: being low. Yeah, one of the things that, in um, specifically with Israel, something I mentioned with that too is that, um, you know, Israel right now is focused on—they they call it the Israel Festival of Champions, right? So it's obviously going to involve teams from Israel, uh, but. Even if it didn't, you would not see other teams from other countries there because Israel still has a travel ban on, on hmm. any any team or not any teams, but any people from outside of Israel, unless you are a, uh, a citizen of Israel. Or I think you, there's one other exception if you have some sort of housing or business there or something like that. So uh, one of the things. Uh, the uh, mention, I, I think, some other areas. I, I do think Turkey might be a candidate uh, that we might see. And actually, potentially China, as China has, uh, you know, it, from what we can tell or at least the information that we have for these things, uh, has seemed to contain most of the stuff that I, I do think there could be potential there. And I think, you know, like countries like t- China and Taiwan, uh, where they didn't get a chance to play any events, uh, there's, there's no reason. I mean, geez, if you've been that, like, I went to China a couple of years ago, and they can essentially – mimic or they like completely copy what robots look like they can copy the (laughs) frc playing field just fine and create uh new ones absolutely so so, uh i think really the question comes down to and and adam maybe that the asking follow-up is there any chance we might see events in the states happen this year
2: for the off season specifically you're saying yes oh man i you got to think there's uh some places farther away from water that that'll probably end up doing it but uh, i'm not I don't think it's likely we'll see off seasons in, in most of the higher density team areas. Uh, and, and, you know, especially with, you know, in theory uh, spread being a, a lot worse, you know, as we enter the the fall and winter. So it just doesn't seem likely with, with all the current numbers.
0: Dave, what about you? Do you think it's uh, could it happen?
2: Yeah. So somebody mentioned in the
1: chat and this was also the kind of thought that I have. So like, Um, the whole FMS and the field management system, I think might be the hard part for a lot of these independent, um, a lot of these independent competitions. So I'm not exactly, uh, mostly a hardware guy over here. So I don't exactly know how the whole field setup works and if you can get an independent system um, going on that. So I think that might be the limiting factor for a lot of communities if it is safe. Um, I think my brain would kind of want to, uh, if we weren't, Playing this game again next year, I think it might be a good push to play again. But since we're going to get the opportunity, everybody's going to get to use those robots again next year. Um, kind of deferring and playing, being on the safer side in the United States since uh, you never really know what could happen in the next three or four or six months. So it might be better to just kind of uh, wait it out and not not push the issue by having these these unofficial off-season events
0: sure and little shameless plug if you really are gunning to play some infinite recharge uh there is the xrc sim which you can play online multiplayer mm-hmm. go check that out is it's a lot of fun we do air it quite frequently on fun uh as well and i'll, I'll just wrap up saying yeah I, I do think it's unlikely we'll see any events in the states happen uh i i do think that if the event happens in israel as planned i think it will set an interesting precedent for other areas that might want to copy or, or run an event. Or like, what safety precautions are they taking there? Uh, how many people are going to be there? Is everybody wearing masks? You know, And that might not be important in Israel, right? Realize different countries are going to have different ways of approaching something like this. Uh, so it will be interesting to see uh, how they tackle it. And then will other areas potentially emulate the same thing as well? Hmm. Um, so earlier, we also talked about the uh, statbotics.io uh, uh, platform on here, and I really want to bring this up because I want to ask you guys, obviously, this, this is a cool platform. There's a lot of things we can look up in the history uh, of things. I know something that I love to use a lot is uh, insights from the Blue Alliance uh, and what they have. But uh, I want to ask you, Adam, what have, what other types of platforms have you tried out or using or things you might have in-house on 254 or 973 of the past?
2: Um. So, you know it's really cool to see this come out because previously, my secret is you know whatever obscure scouting thing I wanted to have happen, I would message Rachel Lim on Chief Delphi, ask her to do it, say it has to be done in Google Sheets. She would always reply that she was really busy and see what <laughs> she might be able to make happen. And then the next day, this like flawless solution with you know supporting evidence uh, would would be sent back to me. So that was not you know something that could really be scaled to a lot of other teams. So it's cool to see more resources like this available. Uh, for teams to use, you know, especially for the match predictions. I think uh, n- not enough teams right now when they're doing their their pick list meetings, or maybe it's not pick list, it's just that strategy meeting that night, they're looking at predicted rankings to, you know, make that meeting go a little more efficiently. So having this, like, democratized uh, match predictions is pretty sweet. But uh, I can't share the the two D four secret sauce. There's, there's oh well, some you know cool we can ask. That, so <laughs> that Pat has done, uh, and I don't know what I'm authorized to talk about. So I'll I'll pass on we, that. We we
0: authorize you to talk about anything here on Fun. That's that's what we encourage <laughs> here from an environment standpoint. So, uh, Dave, how about you? Uh, uh, anything on mechanical advantage uh, you guys have used, or uh, either in house or uh, uh, through other programs potentially? Oh, you are muted though. We'll get a muted thing in chat. Uh, we'll see if we can get Dave back up in just a second. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll say that uh, I just love seeing more of these open source options available, uh, the teams out there. And and there's been a couple others we've seen. Obviously, Caleb Sykes uh, with uh, doing things like the ELO ratings and what he's done for the community, I think is absolutely amazing that – once again somebody just coming out and benefiting the community i think that's one of the great things about first uh and in uh, particular frc in many cases is that you have uh you know everybody's very much more open than what they used to be i mean i think about uh you know my first year was uh 2001 right and i think about back then when chief I was around believe it or not and teams were very very secretive almost all the time on how things went out when they were released that sort of thing and there are still some teams that do that and, that and that's fine teams can choose to do whatever they want for all i care uh well i'm not on a team so they really can do whatever they want but uh you know the thing i'll say with that is that it seems like a lot more open things have happened a great example dave the open alliance that you guys uh have been uh, part of as well too uh has really been uh, spreading the word a lot yeah can you hear me now we can sir Okay, so yeah,
1: on uh, 6.328, we put a lot of effort into the the in-house statistics and stuff like that, kind of putting together OPR rankings for matches and stuff like that, and then releasing them. Um, so the whole Statbotics uh, IO concept, I, I love that and the potential for it to become like a, an open source thing for uh, teams at competitions to be able to get real-time data uh, prior to going into making... Um, making their decisions. I think that it's kind of going to lack a little bit until it gets a lot of the, um, a lot of the like OPR and the, the real data and not just ELO. Cause there are a couple like weird things with ELO. If a team's in a, a district that, uh, is a little bit Harder, and there's a lot of really good teams in there. It kind of ranks teams weird, um, just from my understanding of it. But I think as it grows and gets bigger, I think that this will be this will be a really good resource for teams that might not have um, like an incredible amount of resources in house to put together that statistics data um, and that scouting data to be able to utilize and just take their whole scouting to a whole nother level and uh, supplement the data that they're getting at the actual competitions themselves.
2: Yeah. And for these games where, uh, you know, the first is providing scoring data per element, you know, or type of element, especially now that they're counting hangs and end game, you know, like discreetly to each team. Um, And then also having the the scoring not be that mutually exclusive. It's actually really nice. The OPR data that's coming out. So Mm -hmm. teams can get pretty good data sets without counting a single thing themselves.
0: Plus uh, one last thing, sorry, plus a zebra uh, factor, you know, that's starting to be put on. I I would say we're probably going to see more of that in the future. I would think as well, too. Right. Yeah, I think that that
1: zebra stuff is going to be awesome because you can tell the teams that kind of like know what they're doing, right? Or they're just like driving around circles and not. It'll be it'll be cool to see all of this data. I love I love the like real um, the real data driven decisions and stuff like that. So I think that'll that'll supplement it. Um, all right, so now we can kind of walk our way over to our guest discussion. Um, so Adam, we kind of brought you here today, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, talk a little bit about. Um, tips for your team to operate in the replay era, right? So we know that FIRST is going to be replaying our game for next year, uh, the same game. Um, so what do you think will uh, help teams become successful in this, uh, this day and age of where we're going to be playing the same game, so you get an opportunity to kind of see some some stuff already have happened? And uh, what do you think can teams can do um, to kind of take themselves to the next level, given this opportunity?
2: Uh, so first I'll provide a little information. I was talking to a senior mentor last week and they told me the, you know, FIRST has been telling regional directors and senior mentors that they can tell team this, but the field elements aren't changing. The balls aren't changing. There will be no changes to, to anything like that at all. And they're just going to be doing like IRI style, uh, you know, rule changes. So everything will be you know kind of in that vein or less, um, you know, which is not something I had seen publicly stated by FIRST yet in their statement, you know, a month ago. Or whenever that was, uh, was a lot more big than that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I was told I could share this, so so we're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so awesome. with that, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a temptation, uh, kind of like every year on kickoff for teams to do absolutely too much. Um, and now that you have so much more time available, like you kind of have this full off season and then a season again, you have so much more runway to do absolutely too much, which is which is not good. So you know, if, if you skip the next ten minutes, I would stress do less. Um, if we want to do like a really brief summary of you know what I think you should do in each of these phases for the off season, unless you were a team that was already making new robots or like pretty substantial rebuilds in previous seasons because that fit well with your resources and what your team was doing, I, I wouldn't do that. I would not make new stuff this fall uh, for a lot of reasons between access to your shop um, and just you know you don't know what those rule changes are. You know we, we, it sounds like they'll be pretty small, but there, you know there's a chance you're going to put resources into something that just isn't super valuable. But I do think um, teams really should focus on on tuning, optimization, programming, practice, that sort of thing in the fall. Most teams have a robot that is not competing at 100%. You know, they're well below 100%. Um, And I think, like, a good data point for this, the hype, you know, my my old team and, you know, new favorite team, 973, I think, (laughs) ended the season, like, 10% higher than anyone else on OPR. And that is, I I love them. I love the team. Like, that is a 2012 robot. There is nothing innovative on there. There was nothing fancy on there. I think I saw five hundred other teams post that same robot this year. Like it was tall, it had a shooter, the intake was on the other side of the shooter. Like that was the level of innovation and optimization was there. And, you know, they were just kicking the shit out of some people. I'm sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to cuss on this show.
0: Uh, we'll call you out just in the chat, they worry. showed
2: up ready and optimized and tuned. So you know, most teams are not hitting that level of optimization and having this fall as like kind of a low pressure time to just go in there and practice and then have the programmers come in another day and fix stuff and that sort of thing, I think is a is a great time to improve those skills. Um, to jump ahead to season, I think you know, teams are gonna be tempted to do too much. They're gonna feel like they have to do a rebuild to be competitive because everyone's gonna use this time to be super better and all that. Um, and that's probably not going to happen. So if you're going to rebuild, which I, I don't think most teams should do, um, I would avoid trying to copy you know, those top five and 10 flashy teams. I would avoid going low if you're currently tall. I would avoid adding a turret. I would avoid adding a buddy climb, that sort of thing. Um, if you're really, really keen on rebuilding, I think there's, there's three architectures I really like. So you know, one, that 971 is great. Like, I think just about any team can make that. And there's gradients on how complicated you want to make it. You know, 973 was shooting from pretty far. You can make that same robot and just shoot from four feet away and you know easily make a limbs at most events if you're ready. Um if you absolutely have to go short, which I you know I don't think most teams should do, Dave on 6328 here, I love that robot. It's kinda like, you know, you took 2056-2016 and just, you know, made the tweaks necessary to play this year. Super simple, doesn't have any extra features. That's a great one. And then when we didn't get to see play, unfortunately, and they released this like absolutely disgusting and embarrassing reveal video, probably the worst reveal video of all time. Uh, <laughs> team four ninety eight made an every bot that uh, like was was like eight inches short of being able to hit the high goal uh, with a back motor on their intake. So that you know just make that a bigger, better motor, play with the roller some, and the every bot can make high goal shots. You know two balls wide, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another really easy robot to make. So, I mean, and I would even advise teams that made robots more complicated than these three data points this year actually rebuild simpler, if anything, mm-hmm. um, if they really have that itch, and just see what you know, a year of focusing on tuning, optimization, practice, that sort of thing can get you. Because uh, I, I think you'll be surprised at, at how much more that pays off than you know, a slightly better architecture or feature.
0: Uh, question from chat. Uh, let's see if we can take here. Uh, Adam from uh, NLS and GRN uh, says, "How do you keep mechanical team happy? Which is practice, optimization, and programming." Ooh, that's
2: tough. Uh, I mean, I would argue that all of those details are part of the mechanical design challenge. Um, and I mean, that that might take a while to twist to people's arm and convince them of that. Um, there's also a lot of opportunity to locally. Like in place, improve system so you can still make a whole new intake that is you know similar in form factor to your existing one. Works a lot better and leverages the rest of the robot really working well. You can still make a whole new shooter. You know, I would say most shooters last year probably weren't fully optimized. You probably can't get them to the level that would be necessary to play at the super high level without cutting some new parts and playing with that. So I think th- there's a lot mechanical can do, but it's going to be more on that optimization side and less on let's make a whole new robot. But Like to skill in first, I think it's overhyped how much having the right architecture is uh, for most teams. You know, you get to that last like top five teams, you know, there's some real magic they pull off. But, you know, most really competitive teams, half of first draws that robot on the whiteboard day one. And like you're not surprised by what people bring, but it's how well teams implement that and how much they optimize it that that really sets them apart. And mechanical really needs to play a part of that. You know, there's, you know, a lot of intakes are just bad. And it's a mechanical problem. Software and practice won't make it better. There's things mechanical has to do to improve it.
0: So Dave, on your end, uh, you know, piggybacking off of Adam, what are you going to take in regards to mechanical advantage, uh, moving forward in regards to how you're going to operate in the replay era? Yeah, so uh,
1: pretty much exactly what Adam said in terms of like, it does. I don't think it makes sense um, for a lot of these teams to be rebuilding and trying to like build that like top 1%, 2% robot it just kind of makes more sense for teams to sit down and utilize this time being like okay the build season's technically like i don't even know how long it is now but if we're given that time from it's the infinite. beginning <laughs> yeah infinite <laughs> it makes sense to like build to a certain point and say okay uh, this is it now let's put in the effort to make the incremental upgrades to each subsystem that is gonna take those teams that, are, that do it so so well that like you got to think of the teams that do that go out every single year and they just like stomp everybody, right? It's not because they're building anything. Like, sure, the robots are probably a little bit more complicated, but they're not vastly superior um, in terms of like mechanical design. It's just their optimization of every s- system. Like, um, so I'll take 2168 for an example. They have so I see them every year. They kind of always design something that's a little bit weird, but then they just keep iterating on it every single year. Actually, 195 is probably a better example of that, where every year they build something that's insane. I talk to Bailey Call all the time, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and he, and then they just like they make it work, and they're a perfect example of utilizing the extra time that they're given to just continually make upgrades. Work on the control stuff, which I think a lot of teams don't give enough um, enough effort into. Like, it's just it's a, one thing to have a robot program to work and work well, but there's a lot of like controls, tips, and tricks that teams can do to kind of optimize how everything's put together, how the robot works. Um, how it, can you automate processes that'll make take small um, small things that you might uh, the drivers might make mistakes during the match. Can you put in a control system that will alleviate that issue? I think if teams focus on doing that um, over the course of the next, like however long until the competitions roll down, roll around, I think that that's a better. Um, a better use of their time, and it kind of kills me. The whole like, uh, what's the mechanical team gonna do? It's like, oh yeah, you built the best robot in the world, so the mechanical team can just like hang out and do nothing. <laughs> like I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can figure out some upgrades
2: to make to the robot. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think I think Adam hit it on the hit the nail on the head. Yes, yeah, so I got two thoughts based on what Dave was just saying there. And you know, one, I, I'm a huge 195 fanboy. And I think they're a great example to look at here. Uh, because you know, if you didn't know, like if you were looked at isolated parts of a 195 robot and didn't know they were 195, a panel of FRC experts might say, like that system actually looks pretty bad. And it's like, yeah. okay. like their 27 intake used four-inch wheels. I have no idea why probably made sense that robot was killer like they have all these little things that are just kind of weird that you know people that are maybe more focused on on the mechanical side might say like that's wrong we need to make a better system but 195 is like absolutely right with how they're doing it they get this like pretty good mechanical robot and then just optimize it to all heck and then are a lot better than a lot of teams that have you know in theory maybe a much higher sense of mechanical excellence um, but then don't compete all that well. And then to expand on what optimization means, like I think most teams have not gone to an event and been absolutely ready. Like played 15 matches on the practice day, their drivers, their pit crew, everyone knows exactly what to do. No one's ever uncomfortable. No one ever feels rushed. Like they just look ready. Like that is, when, when you're scouting and you see a team that just like looks like they know what they're doing, that's what that is usually. Like that usually isn't just some driver that's crazy good and like there wasn't preparation that went into that. Like people hit that level of performance because all the details are done and they've done it a whole bunch of times at home um, and they're just ready to do it and and that extends past the drivers you know it's a huge to you know thing to keep a robot running for the whole event and having a well-tuned pit crew which you can usually get from you know maintaining the robot at home um, to make sure it's always ready for that next match is you know a big difference
0: maker take one more question and we'll spend about a minute on it because we do have to move on. But uh, from I and I spade 65 in chat says, how do you integrate rookie members into a team and keep them uh, interesting? If uh, there are no major design changes with the game being played, I just want to say like, do they know any better? I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you guys approach that?
2: That's a great question. You know, we've never approached that before. I, I I think if that rookie member was joining on a team that already had a pretty good sense of competitive excellence, it would just be a non-issue because that team already has a culture that, you know, designing and making that robot in the first four or five weeks is not what the team is. That is Mm -hmm. one aspect of of many things the team is doing. And like, sure, it might be a bummer that you're not making a new robot that year. I highly doubt any, you know, healthy team that's organized well is going to have a bad educational experience this next season because there's plenty to focus on and plenty to learn. And that's really going to come from the leadership to to send that message, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree.
1: I think that um, just a. Quickly go off that. I think that this this next year will be a really good opportunity for a lot of teams that, if they've been trying to get that like student um, student leadership, student driven structure, like now you can take a lot of the students that have had uh, the experience of last season and know the robot inside and out, can work with all of those uh, rookie members to kind of give them the experience and walk them through like, hey, we made this decision. Uh, this is the decision we made, and this is how we made it. Uh, and it's a really good time for them to just kind of like a low a low risk opportunity to get their hands on something that may be a little bit more ambitious than if it was just a regular regular build season.
0: All right. We're going to move on. Uh, By the way, uh, before we do that, uh, we are going to be doing Take from Fun Trivia soon for $50. If you're interested in playing, you do need to join the fun discord at discord.gg forward slash first updates now and join the call in channel queue. Uh, There are only eight spots uh, in there. We will take one of those people in those eight spots. You can do that right now. Uh, Once we're ready to go, you will be challenging Adam to trivia. Uh, so with that said, uh, we want to give our community spotlight uh, here, and we want to give a really uh, big congratulations and big shout out uh, as well too, to Adrienne Emerson, uh, who uh, uh, this article was sent over to us. Uh, she was named the uh, uh, Greenville Independent School District Robotics uh, uh, top teacher in Texas, uh, sorry, from GISD, uh, top teacher in Texas from the Air, Air Force Association. So Big shout out to her, Uh, just to read a little bit out of this, that uh, Emerson was chosen from a group of well-qualified teachers who have demonstrated exceptional ability to motivate students in the science and mathematics disciplines. Uh, The award includes a check for $1,000, a personalized jacket, nice, and a complimentary uh, Civil Air Patrol Aerospace Education membership. So a big shout out and congratulations uh, to Adrian for uh, being recognized and for being such a fantastic teacher uh, down in Texas, really well deserved. All right, we're going to start our take from Fun Trivia in just a little bit. Um, Once again, if you're interested, join the call-in channel queue on Fun Discord. We're going to give that just about a minute uh, before we draw for our caller. Uh, Once again, the prize is a $50. It is set as a $50 Amazon gift card. However, if you want something else that we can make that happen. Uh, So once again, call in channel queue if you're interested in playing, and we'll be drawing for that in just a minute. Uh, with that said, just a couple rules as we go through here, if you're not familiar with it, for the uh, trivia, we're going to be asking five questions uh, to both uh, the person calling in and to Adam. Adam's going to take off his headphones, actually, uh, during the uh, time, so he can't hear what the questions are. Uh, and it is time-based as well, too, for our tiebreaker, uh, so you can't can't be that person who's trying to search on the internet for the answer. Trust me, we know when that happens. Uh, OCN, are you there? there we go awesome you ready to play uh take from fun trivia uh
1: okay hold up i have to mute the stream so that i'm not
0: okay yes uh, that's good now you do realize uh, i do see you have ftc on your name that these are mostly frc questions oh yeah i'm probably gonna lose all right at least he's honest (laughs) all right so with that said, uh, uh, we're going to ask, uh, once again, that Adam takes off his headphones. And Adam, will give you a big wave once we're ready to have you uh, come back on. So we'll say goodbye to Adam uh, as it goes through. Uh, and once again, the rules are we're going to have five questions uh, for you to uh, answer. Uh, if you don't know, you can say pass the first time. We will come back to it. Uh, however, if you say pass the second time, that will be the answer we take for that. Once again, this is timed. Uh, so our tiebreakers, whoever has the quickest time will win. This is for $50. Uh, and is, is Ocean, is that how you pronounce it? All right. Are you ready? Uh, sure. All right. Your time begins in three, two, one. Team Fifty One Wings of Fire was formed out a combination of Team Forty Seven Chief Delphi and what other team? I'm have to pass. <laughs> All right. Uh, what does the acronym NASA stand for? What four years did Team 254 of the Cheesy Poofs win Worlds? Uh, let's see. 2019, 2018,
1: 2015, and
0: 2014? Which team has the most amount of championship division wins in FRC history? Uh,
1: 71?
0: What is the name of the rocket that launched astronauts Robert Bennikin and Douglas Hurley to the International Space Station?
2: They don't
0: care about you. They just care about Victoria. Saturn V? All right. And last one as we come back to you. I don't think Adam realizes his microphone's still on. Yeah. But uh, Team 51 Wings of Fire was formed out of a combination of Team 47 Cheat Delphi and what other team? on that one all right time <laughs> let's see if we can get adam back on here oh well how'd you feel you did
2: uh i think i maybe got zero out of five maybe. <laughs> uh, wow
0: all right well we'll give uh we're gonna put you on hold here and uh we're gonna give adam the same sets of questions uh so i'm gonna ask Dave if you don't mind could you just uh meet your uh microphone while you're typing real quick thank you yes, sir, sir. Yeah, no worries. All right, so Adam, five questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, your time begins in three, two, one. Team fifty-one, Wings of Fire, was formed out of a combination of Team forty-seven, Chief Delphi, and what other team? Sixty-five. Do you need name too? Uh, either one is fine. So. Right. We'll see. You know both. All right. All right. What was the acronym NASA stand for?
2: I'm, I'm going to blow it. I don't know. That's real embarrassing.
0: All right. What four years did 254 of the Cheesy Poos win
2: Worlds? 2011, 2014, uh, 2017,
0: 2018. Which team has the most amount of championship division wins in FRC history? Ooh. I think that's 217. What was the name of the rocket that launched astronauts Robert Benkin and Douglas Hurley to the International Space Station?
2: Dragon, Dragon
0: X, and Time. All right, let's go through these. Adam, how'd you feel you did?
2: Uh, Well, I missed NASA, so that's that's pretty (laughs) terrible. All
0: right, we'll bring uh, uh, Ocean back in here, and uh, we'll go through these. One at a time, and here we are then. Uh, Team 51, Wings of Fire, was formed out of a combination of Team 47, Chief Delphi, and what other team? Uh, Ocean said pass and then pass again, and uh, Adam said 65, Husky Brigade. Husky Brigade is correct. One nothing uh, for Adam. What does the acronym NASA stand for? Uh, caller uh, Ocean said, National Association of Space Aeronautics. And uh, Adam said, National Aerospace something, something, something. This is the <laughs> National Aeronautics and Space Administration. One, nothing mm. for Adam. Uh, what four years did 254 Cheesy Poops win worlds? Uh, Ocean said, 2019, 2018, 2015, and 2010. And Adam said, "2018, 2017, 2014, 2011." Adam, you passed. You got that one right. That's good to know, uh, since you're on the team. <laughs> that's impressive. I wasn't sure we get that. So, uh, which FRC uh, two nothing, Adam? Which FRC team has the most amount of championship wins in FRC history? Uh, Ocean said, oh, 70- seven division." I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, it uh, was division. Division championship division wins. Sorry, uh, championship division wins. Uh, Ocean said 71, and uh, Adam said 217. 217 is correct uh, with that. And what was the name of the rocket that launched astronauts? Robert Benkin and Douglas Hurley, to the International Space Station. Uh, Ocean said Saturn V, and Adam said Dragon X. It's actually the Falcon 9 is the rocket. Dragon is the space cap. But with that said, Adam is the winner. So unfortunately, Ocean, I'm sorry, not a winner this time. That means $60 goes into our pool for tomorrow uh and on the ftc uh ocean thanks for playing all right that's going to end up wrapping up our show as we go through adam heard once again thank you so much uh for being on and giving us your insight uh on what's going on in the first community anything you want to wrap up with before we end the show
2: no, no 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 specific thoughts but thanks so much for having me it's a good time
0: yeah and david powers thanks for being our guest host today uh let us know what's going on with mechanical advantage
2: um nothing Fingers
1: crossed for Chairman's coming up in a few weeks, but uh, other than that, just living the dream. Absolutely.
0: Well, everybody, uh, with that said, uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on Fun. Talk to you then. Thanks for watching. If you want more fun content, be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Thanks to all of our co-executive producers on Patreon and Tier 2 Plus subscribers on Twitch, keeping fun loud, live, and independent.